0: Hello and welcome to this edition of Advice Worth Keeping, KPMG's podcast series in which we interview KPMG leadership and subject matter experts, as well as third-party and client executives and thought leaders on key global business, socioeconomic, and geopolitical market trends and topics. My name is Stan LaPique. I lead market research and thought leadership at for the KPMG Global Management Consulting Practice. I'm your host for this podcast series. And I'm pleased to have with us here today, Mr. Shane Sims. Shane is a member of the U.S. firm. He's the principal, and he's focused on cybersecurity. Joining us also is Samuel Fogelman. Samuel is a partner in the U.S. firm, And it's part of the Internal Audit and Enterprise Risk Group. So, Shane and Sam, thanks for joining us here today on Advice Worth Keeping. For our listeners, this is part of an ongoing series of podcasts we're doing around the state of the global manufacturing organization and the industrial manufacturing sector. We did a recent podcast with Doug Gates and Brian Heckler where we discussed digital transformation in the industrial manufacturing industry And Today, we're going to hit upon another critical and important topic, and that is cybersecurity in general and as it relates specifically to industrial manufacturing. Within the manufacturing industry, there's a lot of challenges going on. There's a lot of changes today, to say the least. There's challenges that organizations have, two of the biggest being geopolitical and cybersecurity when you look across the globe relative to industrial manufacturing, but specific to cybersecurity, Shane, maybe to start out with you, what are some of the biggest threats that industrial manufacturing organizations are facing today amongst the many threats relative to cybersecurity?
1: Well, I don't think you can debate that industrial manufacturing companies have an increased exposure to cyber risk. It goes beyond the typical enterprise IT infrastructure. They have control systems at manufacturing sites. They have current or emerging technologies like connected products, which present additional vulnerabilities for threats to target. And that present elevated impacts like loss of product production, loss of intellectual property, and even public safety hazards. In my mind, cybersecurity for manufacturers is also a a national security issue. There are some common denominators from a cyber threat perspective between manufacturers and other industries. However, there are also some very distinct, and unique cyber threats to manufacturers. I like to focus on the impact side of the cyber risk equation, and I think that board directors and CEOs do as well, just to set the tone about what business impacts caused by cyber threats have to be reduced. From a cross-industry commonalities point of view, cyber risk typically looks like theft of consumer information, theft of trade secrets, infecting company websites to, in turn, compromise systems that connect to the websites. And then, of course, the most prevalent cyber threat of the last few years holding data and information hostage for a ransom. Cyber threats specific to manufacturers include breaching the IT infrastructure to gain access to industrial control systems at plants for the purpose of disrupting plant operations or gaining access to systems which centrally and remotely control connected products to conduct surveillance of people or to create a public safety hazard. Then there's phishing of control system engineers by email to gain access to mobile devices that they use to perform maintenance on control systems again for the purpose of disrupting plant operations. So those are just a few of the manufacturing centric cyber threats out there that come to mind for me. And again the impact of these
2: threats are also a national security issue. You know, Shane, it's interesting and I know we'll touch on this, but I tend to think of when I think about industrial manufacturers in this space I say you have to think of yourself as a consumer products company. And that using that as a parallel is a great way to think about what are the big cyber threats, particularly from that consumer perspective and the privacy perspective. I think we need to really push to that piece of it to say there's lots of things going on, lots of threats, you know, enumerated them well, but I think the one that the industrial manufacturing groups are really getting their heads around now is to think like a consumer and a consumer product company in terms of what
0: those threats are. So given these threats and the, the severity of them, obviously a national security issue is a very serious threat, Shane, are organizations doing enough to address and manage these threats? Obviously, a lot's going on, but are they doing enough? And in terms of cybersecurity preparedness, what are some of the key questions that you ask clients to make sure they're adequately addressing this and are are prepared for the threats that exist in the market today?
1: There's a couple of questions that come to mind for me on the topic of properly managing cyber risk. I'm the security leader, I would want to ask, what is the CEO's view on the organization's highest cyber risk? If I'm a board director, I may want to ask, what's the organization's strategy to address cyber risk? And then maybe there's a third important question in there that I would add, and that's, are my suppliers executing a cybersecurity strategy that aligns with mine? Most senior executives today understand that Cyber risk is high because the threats are constant, vulnerabilities to systems and applications are high, and therefore the probability of cyber threats gaining access to internal systems is going to be high. But the X factor is the impact element of the risk equation. In other words, can a cyber threat accomplish the intended objective? Most original equipment manufacturers are now in a state of continuous cybersecurity improvement, and cyber risk is being reported to the board, so that's great. We're seeing that there's executive agreement on what cyber threat outcomes have to be managed. And there's also agreement on the fact that cybersecurity is not static, rather it's always evolving. We're seeing security leaders engage third parties on a routine basis to independently assess and test cybersecurity. And more and more, the internal audit function of many large manufacturers is also testing cybersecurity controls, at least on an annual basis, which I believe is not enough. But at some companies, they're doing it on a quarterly basis. I think the last point I'll make on that question is that could be room for some security leadership and governance cleanup within these organizations. Like some companies I've seen multiple chief information security officers, such as one for IT, one for products, and there's a security manager for plant operations, there's a corporate security function for security, then there's an investigative function, which is often spread out across HR, ethics, compliance, CISO, and corporate security. I would like to see all things security, whether it's cyber products, facilities, investigations, et cetera, under one security function, under one chief security officer who then has deputies that own each of those unique slices of the security pie. It also seems logical to me that chief risk officer would own the development of the cyber risk management strategy, and then the chief security officer in this model would focus on the execution and operation
2: of the strategy. And then the CRO would report all organizational risk, including cyber, to the board. Shane, it's interesting. Part of what I'm seeing, certainly, and I think part of what you're seeing, I want to get your thoughts on this, is right now we're throwing resources at the problem. In many cases, it's to deal with breaches or to deal with perceived threats to really ramp up the organization. To your point on governance, I think, where are we standing back and saying now? Do we have the right governance models in place? Do we have the right levels of spend in the right places? And how well are they coordinated? In terms of where you were getting at is we've got different pieces at different places. How are we coordinating that? And then I would probably add another piece in the coordination is how are we bringing in the privacy requirements that we have? Not only are we looking at how hardened are our infrastructures and so forth, but how are we thinking about the connection of what we're doing in cyber to the connection of what we need to do in privacy? and how are we looking at that from an overall governance resource model and plan for how we're going to manage, maintain, and improve?
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I think
2: to say it maybe a little bit differently is that this concept of cybersecurity
1: is more than just defense, operations, technology, and response and things like that. There's, there's many, many dimensions of cybersecurity that span multiple stakeholders and business functions across the company.
0: So, so far we've talked about Obviously, the threats related to cybersecurity, national security, or otherwise, and I think often cybersecurity is looked at as something that if you do it well, you don't hear about it. If you don't do it well enough, it's an issue. There's an incident. There's a breach. There's a problem. You're in the press. You've lost data. Is it possible to look at cybersecurity from the standpoint of a value driver within the organization? Is it a scenario if you're better at cybersecurity, perhaps that gives you a competitive advantage? Or is this really just something that you want to minimize the risk and the upside is doing a good job at minimizing the risk? But are there value driver potential to being good at and excelling at cybersecurity?
1: Cybersecurity has to be a value driver. There's
0: two examples
1: that come to mind for me, and I'll start with the first one here, which you just mentioned briefly, and that's the value driver as it relates to customers. With so many connected products being manufactured today, customers expect world-class cybersecurity at the manufacturer because they know anything less could impact their personal privacy or worse, such as create a public safety hazard. This external value of cybersecurity by embedding it into the product development lifecycle is now being messaged through advertising, marketing, sales, and even the customer service function. So cybersecurity is now a component of the front and middle office for manufacturers rather than just a back office element. I think tomorrow's Manufacturing leaders are those who will take control of their business risks and turn them into business opportunities. The other example that comes to mind is just having a reasonable and defensible cybersecurity posture is going to cost money. Because cyber threats are constantly evolving, security will always need to be improving. And this continuous expenditure reality can be difficult to accept. Does a strategy consider all dimensions of cybersecurity, not just operations, but other dimensions such as the human factor, those people with authorized access to systems and data, it includes compliance with contracts, regulations, and industry standards, embedding cybersecurity into the broader enterprise risk management program and business continuity management program, and of course, board reporting. And maybe another way to look at the concept of reasonable, defensible is what if the company suffered a major cybersecurity incident that required notification to third parties And then senior leaders of the company had to testify, whether in court because of litigation or before Congress, would a reasonable person believe that the company understood its cyber risk and was managing that risk properly? There's also this internal value driver about spending the necessary money to reduce its cyber risk, which results in reducing the biggest organizational impacts and then associating a dollar value to not having those impacts. And I think what most people are learning from the back end of a major incident is that the impact dollar value is always higher than the cybersecurity spend. As an example, imagine the dollar loss if a manufacturing plant
2: was shut down for a day because of a cyber threat. I'd like to come back on that value piece. When I think about how do we articulate value from a cyber perspective, I tend to articulate it from a consumer perspective. And the word that I tend to use is trust that ultimately what you're building in this space is trust and that you're building that trust with your consumer, with your customers. And so if we think even in an example, think about autonomous vehicles. There's multiple levels of trust that are needed for people to be able to decide that they're going to step into a vehicle one day that drives itself. It comes from, is the product safe? Is it reliable? But also, is it trustworthy in the sense of how it gets those people to where they're going as well as protecting their data and the services that are going to go along with that autonomous driving experience. If I come back to this, I say it's trust. And are you building trust? And are you building trust, as Shane said, all the way through from product design and product development to delivery to back office support infrastructures to make sure that you maintain, build, and keep that trust? And by the way, if you're smart as a manufacturer. You build that trust into your message and your value statement about your product. We're starting to see that. And I think that that's going to be an evolving curve in terms of what people do. But To take that trust and say, you can trust our product. You can trust what we're doing with your data. You can trust how we're managing. You can trust how we're providing services to you. And I think that's a key part of the value statement around what's going on with cyber.
0: So maybe last question, looking forward, are the risks related to cybersecurity just going to continue to get worse? This is something where each year is going to be required to spend more. The threats will increase. Sam, you mentioned autonomous cars. Those are just coming to the market. There's risks associated with that. We have hacking of medical devices. We have the growth of the Internet of Things, which introduces an exponential number of new devices or the organization that are connecting those devices to threats. Is this just going to get worse and worse, or is there potential at some point, either because organizations get very good at the strategy and execution phase, or because of advances in technology where we'll start to reach maybe a steady state where there's still threats, but organizations are perhaps more comfortable managing them and more comfortable about addressing the value driver side? Or is this just going to get worse and worse, maybe more challenging and more challenging for the foreseeable future? I actually think that we're really just on the cusp of what this is going to mean
2: from either a cost perspective or I would rather say how permeates our day-to-day lives. Very interesting. I was listening to a newscast this morning and the commenter talking about we you think about Facebook, you know, eight years ago, and it was, oh, that was a great place just to go hang out and see cool pictures of your friends' kids. But there's a whole different take on Facebook these days from a perspective of what else is happening here? How is my data being managed? It's not just Facebook. It's all these platforms. That notion of the innocent age, I think, is now ending. And we're moving into a different age of what happens and how we manage the permeability of the connected world we're living in into our everyday lives and how we think about it from things like a cyber perspective. We're at a transition period on the cusp of something very different. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, cyber risk is always going to equal high. I don't
1: think that's going to change in my lifetime. What changes or what makes it so challenging going into the future is not that the cyber threats themselves are changing. I think those have been pretty much the same with rare exception for the last 20 years. But what's happening now, i have been seeing this maybe the last five years, is that the vectors at which cyber threats can accomplish their objectives are certainly changing and becoming more vast. And then the objectives of the attacks themselves are changing because of the nature of our connected world. You think about connected products that manufacturers are putting out there, there's so many vectors for cyber threats to think about, from Bluetooth to Wi-Fi for up close and personal, or the cellular Internet connectivity to a connected product for remote access. It just presents a lot of challenges that are not going to go away, I think, in our lifetimes.
0: Well, Sam and Shane, thank you very much for your time today. Very good insights on the strategy and tactics to address cybersecurity, but also I think some very sobering advice for our listeners, particularly I like the analogy around the ending of the age of innocence of interconnectivity. So I think it just highlights this is an extremely critical issue for organizations to address and address well. So for our listeners, as I mentioned, there will be links to some additional materials off the landing page for this podcast. Take a look at those as well. Certainly urge you all to make sure your organizations are focusing on this intently and taking it with the seriousness that it deserves. Sam and Shane, thanks again for your time. And you can find the links to the items you referenced in the show today below the podcast. If you're online, of course, the URL for that is kpmg.com slash US slash podcast. That's a wrap. Thanks for your participation.